0: Welcome to the 73rd edition Jordan McDonald of the Week in Review podcast. My name is Michael Crutcher, 73. You keep good records?
1: I do keep good records. This is our 73rd Week in Review, 83rd podcast oh, it, of is.
0: it is. Yes.
1: And I did hear this morning
0: <coughs> on ABC Radio mm. that the UK has got royal fever. Certainly does That were the words For good reason Royal fever I think it's I think it's a Capital letter F for Fever I think it's actually A condition Capital letter F I think so I don't have it But uh, uh, So we're going to Talk a bit about Coronation on a Massive weekend For those so inclined I do want to give a Shout out though To um, JC John Collins From Powderfinger Who was good enough To come and be Interviewed last night At uh, Tattersall's club How'd that go? they yeah, very good. JC's a great speaker, natural yeah. speaker. Mm. I owe him one after he agreed to do that. He had some very good tales about his life in Powderfinger. Given we're at Tattlesau's Club, I really thought that uh, our regular sourced to listener, to Stephen Green, would be there. His oh. normal type of haunts, those mm. places. Didn't see Greeny.
1: No appearance.
0: No. So mm. he must have been there too many times this week already. But <laughs> uh, no, thanks to... Uh, to JC with um, some really good, uh, really good observations. One of them was, if Powderfinger was to have started today in this completely changed music industry, think about you know the beginnings of Powderfinger were 1988. Yep. And if they were to begin today, would they have made it? And JC's answer was, well. Probably not because their first album wasn't a success at all and he wonders in today's music industry, would you get a second chance after that?
1: Yeah, right. Okay.
0: So after that first album, um, they were counting cars to make money, the Powderfinger guys doing traffic surveys in Brisbane sitting on the side of the road. And saying a uh, car goes left, car goes right, inputting that information, uh, and then of course they uh, the hit started coming. So they didn't count cars anymore, but some good observations from JC about the modern music industry. Now, Jordan, let's get stuck into the coronation because goodness, I am through the roof. I am pumped. Yes, it's going to be massive this coronation <laughs> weekend, and I know no one is more excited about Prince Charles coronation. Oh, sorry, King Charles. Or
1: well, soon to be, right.
0: essentially, yeah. stand corrected I don't know what here. the official... King Charles. Yes. No yes. one's more excited <clears> than you, so <throat> what is happening this weekend? Why should we take notice from the viewpoint of the things we
1: discuss in this podcast? Yeah, look, I don't know if I'm the most excited person, um, but look, it's, uh, it is Coronation Weekend, and for most of us, this is a once-in-a-lifetime event. Um, and just on that alone, that's why it's a big deal. It's actually been 70 years since the last coronation and that was, of course, for Queen Elizabeth. And as say once in a lifetime, there's
0: a whole bunch of people who uh, were born and died in those 70 years who never got to see one. Absolutely, so, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So that coronation was the first service to be televised and uh, for most people, it was the first time they'd ever watched an event on television. True. Um, some good numbers actually. They've got a fantastic little 50 facts from that coronation on the uh, the royal family website. <laughs> One stood out <laughs> because we talk about television a fair bit on the podcast. They um, they saw 32.27 million people in the UK tune into that coronation, which is amazing when you consider the population at the time was 36 million. What were the other four million doing? I don't know. It, it's a good question for Couldn't that four be million. Cared. It's Didn't a good care. question. Yeah, no. But um, look for those unfamiliar with the coronation. It is a tradition that's very deeply religious and has remained unchanged for nearly a thousand years. Um, this operation for King Charles was co- sorry, King Charles was codenamed Operation Golden Orb. Golden Orb. I reckon it's related to our. Household spider, golden orb. orb. Yeah, I don't know. You've got to have a better name than that. Golden orb, I'm sure, is more religious, uh, so more royal than the spider I'm referring to. But (laughs) um, look, it will again, of course, feature plenty of the royal sparkle, which includes uh, King Charles' crown, which is fitted with 2,868 diamonds, 17 sapphires, 11 emeralds, 269 pearls, and four rubies. Not, uh, well, what not do you too do bad. with that gown after you wear it? I don't know. He's not going to wear. This was it. also the crown that was placed upon the uh, coffin of Queen Elizabeth as she laid to rest in state. So, what does he do with that crown? Is he just uh, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't be to too her. scared to wear that, to be honest. You got the fear give that of spin. knocking one of the jewels out. Yeah, but wow. um, Australia also features in a prominent role uh, in that it's the the state coach which will transport the king and queen. Throughout the uh, process, Uh, it was built in Manly on Sydney's northern beaches. Okay, But uh, look, put it simply, the royals, they've always captured the attention of the world and, you know, the passing of the Queen reminded us of that fact not too long ago. But, you know, do we really care? Like, attention's one thing, but do we really care? Well, that's a question because you mentioned
0: that last time, 1953. Mm. Uh, Wow, trying to compare it to now. So this is going to be a coronation that's done in the era of uh, social media. Yeah, the first one in the era Changing of socials, social yes. media. So <laughs> there's been some coverage this week, Jordan, of really do younger audiences care at all? Um, what do we think about that? What's What's been the the thought about that?
1: Yeah, it's interesting to, to think about because I know my folks – and uh, grandparents are certainly interested, but uh, anyone I've spoken to is not that, not that bothered. What's well, up against magic round? I know. I know. Did I they check their scheduling? I wonder, <laughs> the royal family. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but look, The Guardian did a story this week on TikTokers, and I thought it was interesting because it certainly speaks to the younger generation. And these TikTokers are preparing to go content crazy over the coronation. You know, these. TikTokers—they've created accounts that are specifically royal-themed, though. Yep. So they cover all the news and developments of the royal family, and they've built pretty sizable audiences focused on that niche. So they've got interested viewers there already. Yep. Um, and they say they're going to go crazy. There's been some good hits on TikTok already, but that's just related to those that audience. In the UK, uh, the Manchester News took to the streets and actually surveyed some young adults and uh, oh, they gave the, sorry, they gave a better indication as to how young people are feeling about it and it's certainly less enthusiastic. Not um, big in Manchester? Not huge. No. One student said, it's not like anything is going to to change except for the faces on the money. <laughs> I'm applying for A-levels, so that's more important to me. I'm not really involved. They asked her if there's anything that could uh, make her change her mind about the royal family and get her interested. She said, nothing. No, <laughs> nothing done. could be done. So she's done. she's she's done. Uh, they asked another man, a young man, and his response was interesting. He says, I didn't know it was happening until you said it, to be honest. This is the thing. I didn't know the coronation was happening this weekend. <laughs> and he says he doesn't really pay much attention to that stuff. I don't think it concerns me. I've not looked into it, but I know there's a bloody history with the monarchy. But, it's also, but also it's just the rich people stuff and it's away from what I'm doing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so the comments seem to highlight what seems to be the general feeling that I've noticed at least among young people toward the royals. There's this, this growing belief that the royals are irrelevant, um, particularly to younger people who may not view them as an important institution the mm. same way the older generations might have or might still do. Yeah, yeah. There's also the issues of sort of values alignments so and most young people are more concerned now about you know issues like climate change and, and such. Um, and that's compared, to, they're more interested in that than sort of the yeah. traditional ceremonies and customs. So look, for a lot of young people, it's just the generational gap now is yeah. just too big. Um, but that said, I don't doubt that even without the lack of enthusiasm among young people this will still be one of the most watched events probably in history so will you go watch?
0: Uh, you know I will actually watch mm. and the reason I'll watch is because it just hasn't happened for 70 years and yeah. I'm very interested in um, what the I guess the whole process is um, yeah. like if it was to happen again in three or four years would I watch again probably not but I'm actually interested in in what happens. And that was the same with Queen Elizabeth's funeral. I did keep an eye on that because I just wanted to see how these things happened.
1: Yeah, that was the same.
0: But our boys are uh, aged in, well, our boys are about to be 16, 14, and 12. Mm. So I encouraged them to have a, a look at the Queen's funeral. They didn't last very long. No. Uh, tomorrow night, they won't be taking no, much interest. I don't
1: see them being too interested. No, either. I will say to I them will it's watch that it's on. I'll yeah, say it's yeah. on,
0: and I think, but I will have a second screen because I want to watch the footy. Yeah. So I will have a second screen. Now, whether the footy's on the big screen and the coronation's on the small screen or vice versa, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But I think it'll be a footy big screen. So I, I, think I will so. keep an eye. I just want to see what, what happens. Fair enough. Um, and we will obviously get some TV ratings out of it. And I guess the ratings will splinter if everyone's uh, showing it. But this week, Jordan. There's been big news in the TV ratings world. I did see this. Enormous news. Very exciting. Now, we've spoken before about the struggles to properly quantify TV ratings in this country. I've never Mm -hmm. met anyone who's had one of the – there's 2,000 boxes in Australia attached to TVs. Yep. Okay? And those boxes are used Mm. to extrapolate – to tell us who's what, how many people are watching what. Yep. So yeah, very quaint system. But this week, something very exciting happened. OzTam. Now, OzTam is a rating system which uh, you'd be stunned to hear is owned by Channels Nine, Seven, and Ten. Oh, it shock. launched. Drum roll! We need a drum roll sting. It launched Voz. The <coughs> Voz will take in broadcasts video on demand figures from across the country and regardless Mm. of where you're watching right so these figures will then be rolled into the linear figures which are the figures from those tv boxes to provide a new assessment on who is watching what now a nine network spokesperson told the australian this week that and i quote this is the single most important change in our industry that we've probably
1: ever seen Yes, I saw someone said it could be even more significant than black and white to colour TV.
0: People are excited. So, Jordan, you'll be stunned to hear this, but audience numbers for prime time shows in this country are expected to increase by 20 to 40% as a result of the new system. Now, you tell me where you've ever seen a ratings organisation owned by the people it's assessing change its model and not have increased figures. Okay. Yep. It's not good for business. And shockingly, mm. this also comes as nine and seven this week, both forecast to the market declines in TV advertising revenue. Given yes, yes, the, yes, uh, yes. The headwinds that are coming. So, look, the reaction's been mixed from the one group of people whose opinion actually matters mm. when you change a rating system. That is the people who are paying for ads. Yes. Because they want to then look at and understand who's watching what so that they can place their ads to try and hit as many people as they want. They rightly ask why it's taken so long to get this system going. So it turns out we've been able to 3D print human body parts for some (laughs) time now but we still are getting around to working out how many people are watching a particular TV show at any one time it shouldn't be that difficult no, so no, you
1: really shouldn't
0: let's see what happens from here but it's a it's a welcome change we know that jordan there's also been some uh, announcements this week in terms of streaming payment uh, deals what's the latest with this
1: yeah amazon prime video is increasing or has increased its subscription fees by uh, just under forty three percent, and that's going to come into effect at the end of the month. Uh, the monthly fee will rise from six ninety nine to nine ninety nine per month, or the annual fee, if you pay annually, will be fifty nine ninety nine, going up to seventy nine ninety nine. Pretty big increase. It is. It's a forty two point nine percent increase. That's more than seven percent inflation. Certainly. Yeah. Certainly. It's up there. This is the, uh, it's actually the first increase since the service launched in Australia in 2018 uh, and the new fee structure will come into effect from May 24 for new members, um, but if you're an existing member, you get a bit longer like if from June 28. Get in early and you'll save three bucks. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Amazon said they've upped the price because they need to continue growing the offering here in Australia. So the... The imp- important part about the story was, or uh, well the, the focus of it, was the price increase among the other price increases with the streaming services, all amongst inflation. And we've covered a lot of the other yep. price increases, like for Netflix, for example, on the podcast. Yep. You know, in early 2022, Netflix raised the prices across all its plans. Yep. Later introduced an ad-supported plan. You know, Disney followed suit in the early tw- this early this year yep. and Binge introduced a similar ad-supported tier. So this price increase of Amazon's, you know, it's still well below many of the competitors if you consider Netflix. And it still offers a lot of content that's competitive. Yep. Um, the service offers video streaming with three simultaneous feeds okay. at 4K resolution. And uh, subscribers also get Amazon Music, Twitch TV perks, Audible perks and free uh, delivery on Amazon. You get free delivery. I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that either. I didn't know that either. So I'll, I'm not with Amazon, but if I was, I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't be too bothered by this increase at the moment, especially considering all what's bundled in. Um, yeah. But compared to to Netflix, it's far cheaper. Um, but the the thing where it falls down for me is the contents king thing. Yeah. I think Netflix still wins with content, at least for the moment. But uh, who knows what they're going to do with extra money, Amazon.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's very interesting. And look, there's some numbers that coincide with that this week. We've seen the release of the first figures uh, of mm-hmm. streaming viewing uh, for the quarter yeah. um, for this year in Australia. Mm-hmm. And Amazon and Binge gained the most new subscribers yeah, okay. uh, for this data that was released by Cantor and published in the Financial Review this week. So mm-hmm. here are the interesting numbers. About 1.1 million Australians cancelled streaming plans in those three months. Okay. So 1.1 million cancelled them, but 1.34 new plans were taken up. Million. So 1.34 mm-hmm. million. So you've got an increase overall there of the numbers of plans held by Australians. Now, these figures uh, – have been pretty steady. About 62% of Australian homes have at least one streaming service. So w- almost two-thirds have at least one streaming service. Now, of the homes that have at least one service, the average number of services that those homes have st- remains high 3.4. Wow. So still big. If you've got That's one, lot, isn't it? you've got plenty. Yeah, So
1: I'm part of the minority there.
0: Yeah, if you've got one, you got a few. So mm. now the most popular show of the quarter and this is important because what we're seeing here people are cancelling and they're cancelling for the the first reason is because of price. Yep, the second reason is because of content. So yep. like you say, this is really important, the content side of it. So looking from this survey, what was getting people to move around these services? So we're cancelling 1.1 million. We're picking up 1.34 million. Yep. Why are they are moving around? where well, there's free trial deals and there's new shows. Yep. So the HBO series, The Last of Us, Oh, yeah. That's credited as being the most popular show of the quarter. And that was uh, apparently the reason that 18% of Binge's new subscribers took out a subscription there. Okay. So, yeah, so interesting stuff. We keep an eye on that every three
1: months. Thanks to, to Cantar for that. i uh, bet data. Uh, Binge is glad they held on to that um, content contract.
0: Yeah, with HBO. Yeah. Which they've got until at least 2025. 2025. You see, yeah, yeah, you see
1: how important the shows are for that, Absolutely. that type of
0: thing. And no, one quick thing as well, uh, Washington Post this week related to Amazon, Amazon has Freevee, it is a free premium streaming service. The Washington Post has announced it's launching a free ad supported channel on that. Uh, it's a 24 hour channel. It's going live this weekend with coverage of the coronation because the Washington Post has got royal fever. <laughs> Too clearly, um, so look, good luck with it. Another example of a traditional media outlet looking desperately to get business somewhere, anywhere. Yep, so let's set up a TV station
1: because no one ever has
0: now. TV stations need writers, Jordan, and there's some issues this week with a writers' strike.
1: Yes, certainly it's all happening in Hollywood. Well, ironically, quite the opposite if uh, you're in the studios. (laughs)
0: That's right.
1: Yeah. uh, On Wednesday this week, members of the Writers Guild of America went on strike. They're demanding better pay and protections in the era of streaming dominance. So the 11,000... 500 striking writers picketed outside major studios, such as your Amazon, your Netflix, Paramount and Warner Brothers, arguing that the rise of the online streaming era has left them behind, leading to worse pay and less stable work. They're also demanding new rules for how studios use artificial intelligence Mm. in film and television writing. We almost got through this episode without AI. Almost got through without an AI mention.
0: Jumps in very late.
1: It does. It does. So the strike has meant you know your late night comedy shows went dark from day one. You know popular shows like The Daily Show and Saturday Night Live. They have been forced to air reruns instead of any of the new material. Uh, Many of the striking writers, they're wearing the blue uh, Writers Guild T-shirts as they march. They're demanding better pay and protections. Deandra Pendleton-Thompson, she's a Star Trek writer who spent years working as a Hollywood assistant before joining the Writers Guild in 2021, is especially concerned about studios using AI for stories, particularly stories of people of colour and people with disabilities, she reckons that AI will start telling stories of people who have been disempowered through the voice of the algorithm rather than from people who've actually experienced it. Uh, another writer, Brittany Nichols, um, she's the writer for the hit series Abbott Elementary. She was picketing outside the Warner Brothers studio on the first day of the strike. and rather than starting work uh, so rather than starting work on her show's third season, which was to, uh, scheduled to begin that week. She argues that the writers are increasingly treated like gig workers, not artists. So it feels like they're being turned into content farms, she said. "The uh, Since the last writer strike, which happened in 20, 2007... I can't believe
0: it was that long ago. Two yeah, thousand and but seven.
1: 2007 doesn't seem that long well, ago just, to me.
0: It just feels like it was like... Honestly, it feels like it was 2015 if I had to have a guess. Yeah, right.
1: Um, yeah, studios, they've invented these new loopholes that resulted in more work, less pay, like little mini rooms. Like in a newsroom, more work, yeah, for less pay. Writers yeah, writers that finalize scripts even before a show has been greenlit. So that last strike, uh, which happened in 2007, lasted about 100 days. Yeah, I remember. And uh, yeah, it cost LA, the LA economy, an estimated 2.1 billion US. So... I wonder how long the standoff will last this time. Well, if the writers uh,
0: are worried about more work for less pay, journalists all around the world will understand that. Oh, but, yeah. Um, let's see how that one works out. Now it comes time to celebrity magazine time. Now, I've been looking forward to this because the Woman's Day and the new idea, look, if they don't have royal fever, seriously, no one does. So a fair bit of royal now. You? The Woman's Day has got a 16-page coronation special, 16-page. Now, the big story, Charles on the front with a pretty dodgy cap on, I must say. Yeah. And his two sons there who I reckon have been uh, sort of photoshopped in there. They don't look like they're together. Certainly not. Charles begs his sons, don't ruin my day. <laughs> Okay, that's, uh, and that's italicised and with an exclamation mark, and that is as big as it gets. Now, what is the main coronation headline then, Jordan, in the new idea?
1: Oh, our big one would be Megan sneaks into London, demands meeting with Charles. Really? Is this see? happening?
0: Sorry? Is this happening? Is she having a meeting with Charles? Oh, God, I've
1: no idea. There's a sneaky little pink-framed or bordered photo that sits on top of her, and it's busted at palace gates. So it appears busted. to be sort of standing at the gates. Doesn't look too busted, but... Busted. Who
0: knows? Because if you're going to walk through the palace gates during coronation week, then you're not going to have a photographer there, surely, yeah. Certainly not, yeah. There'd be a story there. Look, uh, Woman's Day, also a little bit there on Barry Humphreys. Of um, course. Of it would be. Um, yeah. And Carl Stefanovic's there. Um, Farmer Wants a Wife, the TV show, is there. Um, now, there's a couple of celebrity marriage things... Kurt and Goldie, sad split after 40 years in Woman's Day. Oh. and But then on the uh, new idea, there's another celebrity
1: marriage issue. Jordan, um, this is big. Celebrity marriage issue. Oh, yes. Then the bottom here we got Catherine Zeta-Jones and Michael Douglas, marriage in crisis. Marriage
0: in crisis. And unfortunately for Catherine and Michael, that headline has got an exclamation point. So they have got serious mm. troubles. And we shouldn't. Uh, and without mentioning that the new idea also has coronation recipes.
1: Yeah, I was just going to point that out. I missed that little bit of royal flair on the left side there. Are you
0: so inclined to make a coronation meal this weekend?
1: Highly unlikely, I'd say almost certain. I wonder
0: what actually makes a coronation meal.
1: I don't know, probably should have a look at that.
0: Maybe not. If someone said you cook a coronation meal, I don't know what you do. I
1: don't know what the hell that is.
0: No, there's talk about the coronation quiche. Well,
1: what's that look like there? I can't even pick that out.
0: It's like a maimed body, I think. It's uh, not looking good anyway. anyway it's like a roast. That's what that looks like. Well, that's a roast is a staple, isn't it? You couldn't well, go yeah. too far wrong with a roast. Probably not.
1: Yeah, I reckon that's probably safe.
0: Yeah, that would do. Well, look, it's, I know it's going to be a massive weekend, uh, but you're not going to be in front of a TV when this event occurs.
1: I'm going to try to be. I might have to multitask, but I'm, I've am got to fly to Rocky tomorrow morning. I've got to play a gig up in Rockhampton tomorrow night. Tomorrow night? Yes, tomorrow night.
0: Will you put the coronation on the big screen
1: while your gig is on? Oh, just to probably not, but I might have it on my phone beside me while I'm doing things, but it's, it's so conflicting. You know, I've got footy tonight, footy tomorrow. Yeah. Coronation and work. Supposed to spend time with Shannon tonight, but I've got to tell her look. Yeah. Eight o'clock, footies on. Footies on,
0: eh? Lions and, uh, and blues. Yes. Be worth watching down there, but also Broncos and Manly here. It's uh, duelling screens again. Look, enjoy Rocky. Uh, Happy birthday to Billy who uh, turns uh, 16. Oh, getting old, little fella. Not so little anymore. No, not so little. And uh, he'll squeeze in a birthday celebration somewhere around uh, (laughs) a normal 16-year-old's activity. Uh, Have a great weekend. You too.